Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. As usual, I'm super excited to bring you another guest, someone who is an expert in their field and someone who I'm very interested in hearing their perspective. I'm here with sexual licensed transformational therapy practitioner and certified tantra and shamanic movement guide, Ava Ashe. Ava, thank you for joining on Monk on the Mountain today. How are you? I'm so excited to be here, Sean. So excited to have a good combo. Let's do it. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, this is like a, it's a spirituality-based podcast and sexuality and spirituality have so much in common. I mean, as a matter of fact, like everything is spiritual, right? So like sexuality, the expression of sexuality is a spiritual aspect of our life. And it's one of the most like overused least understood aspects of our being is our our sexual expression. And we're in a time now where sexual orientation, identification, all of it is just under this huge microscope. And we're like evolving as a society to try to figure out where we're going and and who we are. Mm. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you first come into spirituality to, to begin with? And then what led you to get in touch with like the, the sexual teaching aspect of it and, and getting into those aspects of yourself? Absolutely. That's such a wonderful question. Basically, my journey started where I traveled to India, where I thought it was, you know, the, or it's the birthplace of enlightenment, right? It's, it's where we can dive the deepest, right? And I soon found after being there um, at a yoga retreat that there was a component missing for me, this fulfillment aspect of addressing our sexuality and, and what it had to do in terms of spirituality, right? There's kind of that disconnect happening. So as I started to be in that space, um, I started to get more and more interested in the balance between spirituality and sexuality. How can we actually harness sexuality to be a spiritual path, right? And that was the piece missing for me. I often say I needed passion, not just prayer and mantra. I needed more. I needed that aspect of being me on a fundamental level and expressing that far beyond just sexual pleasure. So basically, I went from that space and into exploring really, really horribly written like sex manuals and, you know, things that were tantric related. And again, I was left super confused. (laughs) Like what the heck is tantra? Because that felt like the only avenue of joining, right? These, these ideas of spirituality and sexuality. And I was still left feeling really confused, really unfulfilled. So as I continued into my journey, uh, without having the support, right, the the mentorship of individuals who understood that a little bit better, I fell into being a stripper. <laughs> so I was, um, you know, harnessing my sexual energy that way. Um, but I soon found again I was feeling unfulfilled by that route, and I kind of fell into the realm of authentic Tantra, which is lineage-based Tantra. I'm sure we'll get into that in just a moment. 
And it started to fill that gap for me. I fell into becoming a Tibetan Buddhist tantrika. So now I'm in the space where I'm an authentic tantra practitioner, among other things. And I specialize in really bridging that gap of spirituality and sexuality. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, it makes total sense uh, that you you wanted to, you had all that sexual energy and you were expressing it through dance and like just stripping aspect of it. Like personally, I think strippers are amazing people because they get to be themselves and an aspect of themselves that a lot of people can't, they, they don't have that courage or that comfort within themselves to express in that way. And that's, that's really cool. So what is it that makes for like a layman or somebody that's never really entered into this realm, what is the difference between like you who is now a pleasure and sexuality expert versus a person that has no information or, or, or nothing to go off of? Like what makes you an expert in this field? Well, um, I believe that the subconscious holds a lot of those answers, for example. Um, I find when I'm working with individuals, whether it's through a sexual dysfunction, whether it's through anxiety um, uh-huh. before having sex, which is extremely common. Um, I've also helped women through PMDD symptoms, um, even things like HPV. And a lot of that is stored in our subconscious. And that differs so much person to person because it's this huge memory bank of things that we're not consciously aware of. So that's kind of where I, I would start, right. Is, is looking at the belief patterns, the, um, the structures, the unconscious structures that you have in terms of pleasure, in terms of sexuality and beyond, um, and really starting there at that fundamental level. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the kind of things that you run into with your clients? Like what are some of the most prevalent issues that people are running into um, on this side from your experience? Yeah. Like I said, sexual dysfunction is at an all time high right now. Um, What does that mean exactly? Like what, I'm sorry, what aspect of, of dysfunction is it like performance or like physical, or is it like having the ability or the uh, like awareness within it? What, what does that mean in dysfunction? Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Um, I'm talking about things like premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, anorgasmia, which is the inability to orgasm in terms of Western science. I don't necessarily believe that should be coined as an actual term, but it's, it's deemed as a sexual dysfunction, you know, things of that nature where it's, it's affecting us not only on a subconscious, subconscious level, but it stems out into the nervous system response, right? So our bodies could be wanting sex, for example, but the mind is telling us something completely different, right? So that's kind of where this imbalance starts to occur in terms of sexual dysfunction, where there's a disconnect between what's going on in the mind and what's going on in the body. They're actually two separate things. And sexual pleasure actually begins in our mind. Our minds have to be on board, consciously aware of what's happening, being present in the moment, whether it's with ourselves or with a partner, before we can start to really get that fulfillment 
out of the pleasure that we're experiencing. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the thing is, is that you have to be mentally aroused first for your physical body to go along with that. So now we use the word Tantra a lot. Could you explain to someone who doesn't, has never heard the word or maybe heard the word loosely, like what exactly I know, but I, from your perspective as an expert, what is Tantra to you? Tantra to me is using the tools and techniques to first come into the body and start to feel fulfilled by that pleasure experience, whether it's sexual or non-sexual. And then from that space, we can start to harness whatever's happening and start to access those deeper layers, things like embodiment, things like shedding or dissolving trauma responses. And then from that space, we can start to come more into connecting with our God self, our Buddha nature, spirit, whatever you want to call it, right? So there's kind of these layers, these steps before we just totally jump straight into, you know, let's connect to God through sex, right? There's a lot, Mm. lot more to it. Yeah. Now, what is the difference between like the Western understanding of Tantra, which to us, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people hear Tantra and they think like sexual position, right? Or like speed mm-hmm. or tempo. Um, <laughs> what's the difference between like the Western understanding of Tantra and, and what you've learned as a Buddhist Tantrist? So I could talk a lot about this, but a lot of what we see in the West is Neo-Tantra. Neo-Tantra is not lineage based. It's not pulled from any kind of specific source. Usually there's little bits and pieces of things from like a Hindu context, but mostly it's sexual based. So it's like what you're saying. It's more of the sexual pleasure components, which are wonderful, but a lot of times it starts to miss out on the true essence, I guess, of how, how far beyond you can really, really start to take that. Now, what I practice is lineage-based Tantra through the Institute of Authentic Tantra. Now, lineage-based Tantra is we're pulling from the medicine of all of the other individuals and teachers that have practiced this for thousands of years. So It's extremely potent medicine and it does involve sexual and non-sexual practices. But the difference is that we begin with the non-sexual practices first. We need to prep the body and we need to prep the mind, especially the subconscious mind, which is why I also incorporate subconscious reframing, which is something different. And then we're able to go more into the sexual-based practices and stay in that awareness, in that presence with what is going on in our bodies, because our bodies are who we are. It's we live in a body, we live in a 3D reality. So to be able to come into that, right, after we've learned and harnessed these non-sexual practices, it just amplifies the medicine. It amplifies your ability to be your own healer and heal holistically in a way that is tangible, in a way that is healthy. Um, So that's extremely important when we're talking about Tantra, because there is so much misconception and there's a lot of uh, male practice in this arena. Mm. Yeah. Now, how does a person begin to access a little bit of this? Like, obviously, those of us that are in the know, so to speak, like we have a lot of different things, meditations, energy practices, physical practices. Mm -hmm. 
how do you coach your clients or or people? I'm sure like you give away tons of this information for free to your friends and family and strangers mm. all the time because that's like part of our path. Mm. But how do you begin getting someone to access the power and the healing of the power and uh, the pleasure potential as you described it? Yeah. One very simple practice is to start incorporating all forms of pleasure into your life and asking yourself on a daily basis, am I experiencing pleasure right now? How can I experience pleasure right now? And how can I make it even better? How can I make it a 10? So for example, we're sitting here with on this podcast and even just a very quick check in with the body. Like, is there a way that I can shift my hips that feel a little bit better where I'm seated? Can I take a sip of water nearby? Can I slow down the pace of my words, right? There's just these simple, simple ways that actually starts to reprogram the nervous system on a neurological level. When we start to access the nervous system, that's when we start to alter the DNA, right? So it it goes down and down and down until we're finally altering our DNA. So it's, that's just huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said it because it's the same type of things that I say. And it's just, it's so nice to be in the presence of somebody with a similar mindset. Like for me, um, I think about like the clothes that I'm wearing, like how do these clothes feel against my skin? Uh, What is like the tightness or the looseness? How does the quality of the air feel when I taste things like taste food? I always try to extract like some pleasure out of the taste of food and and really taste it, not just to eat it for the sake of fuel, but just like to to take pleasure in it and to take pleasure in the breath of air. A a breath of fresh air to me is enormously pleasurable. Just tasting some fresh air. I'm from the, the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania and something about that air in the forest even with like the the small little filaments of the pollen and the different scents, there's so much pleasure in that. And I believe, I hate to say believe because it's really my experience, but mm-hmm. we, by opening ourselves up consciously into our nervous system, into our sensory experience and our non-physical mm-hmm. experience, we gain a new dimension of feeling state information in the form of pleasure. And that it, all sensation can be pleasurable, even just like touching your hands. I've explained this to people in, in my groups, like, have you ever washed your hands? But have you ever washed your hands like you love your hand and you want it to be so clean and you love the water <laughs> for touching your hands and you love the way that the weight of the water as it touches you and the temperature of it and the feeling of it and how you're made of this water? Like you can go really deep in consciousness into every single aspect of your life and it's so interesting to me that sexuality is like such a baseline fundamental of Western culture. And we haven't taken consciousness into the yeah. mainstream sexuality. At the same time, we haven't taken consciousness into the mainstream anything yet. That's why you're here. And that's why I'm here is to do this work and to, and to it's really a service and a joy, you know, to bring this to people. And uh, absolutely. I'm absolutely fascinated with your take on it. So there's something I want to add to that really please, quick. Please. Yeah. yeah. So it, what you're describing is really starting out at this primal level of our sensuality. And if this, for the listeners, if it feels really taboo or it sounds super taboo for you to start to really get into that sensory experience, notice those thoughts around it. What is going on in your mind when you start to come into that space? Is there a resistance? 
Is there a thought like, I don't deserve this, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a resistance coming from that space? Because that's a really, really good indicator to you that there's something more there that you can access. Yeah. And how, from a woman's perspective, because a lot of women in this day and age have been affected by sexual trauma. And then that sexual trauma is carried into their intimate relationships and into their life and their consciousness. How does one begin to heal and restructure their mind while having had traumatic experiences, no matter what the severity of the nature, so they can come back into an experience of having pleasure within their current experience without relating it to what they've been through in the past? Yeah, I love that question. Um, So I would start to reframe. It's not necessarily about not having pleasure and having pleasure, right? It's about being able to look at the world and the pain that you're currently going through, through a completely different lens, being able to layer pleasure on top of it, right? So when we start to, again, reframe what the world around us looks like, the pain that we're currently going through is going to start to shift and look a little bit different through time as we layer pleasure on top. So we can experience pleasure and pain simultaneously. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that having like a layer of pain changes the quality of the pleasure or like the amount of pleasure you can have? Or is it just like you can simultaneously experience the absolute depth of uh, both perspectives? Yeah, that's a deep one. Um, It depends on how vulnerable you're able to get. Because what happens is when we start to shed back those layers, even when we're in a pleasure experience, say I'm doing one of the practices that I I do a lot as a self-pleasure practice, there's certain components involved. Say I start to come across a block, I'm experiencing all this pleasure. And then all of a sudden I start to feel anxiety. I start to feel anger. I start to feel irritation within my body and within my physical body and within my mental body, my emotional body. That's a chance for me to bring in the awareness piece of, okay, this is happening. I get to experience the fullness of it. And then I get to release it all while using and layering pleasure on top, right? So a big part of dissolving that um, for me in my practice through lineage-based Tantra is to layer the Tibetan five elements on top. So we actually start to work directly with the energy body through working with the elements. So the elements meaning fire, earth, space, air, and water. Each one of those carries a completely different, unique medicine where it's interacting with our internal body and our external reality constantly. So accessing the energy body first through whatever pain is arising. Yeah. I love it. I love that uh, your lineage has this awareness within it. I'm fascinated with the energy body and with aspects of our consciousness that we can use to fill the energy body, the light body, and extend beyond our physical body into our auric field, into the field around us, into the elements. In the beginning of my journey, I used to meditate with the elements. I used to meditate with a candle and I would create energy like in my hands or wherever. And I would hold the energy toward the flame 
and I would feel the way that the energy of the flame reacted with the energy that I was producing, like to receive information. And it wasn't about feeling the temperature of the flame. It was mm. about feeling the energetic pressure of the flame. The qualities. Then, yeah, the qualities. Mm. Yeah, and like you get this whole other level of information in your experience. And I try to always use uh, words like that to kind of bridge the gap for people. It's like, well, what are you doing? You're just imagining things. It's like, no, it's like the same way I could feel heat. Now I'm feeling the pressure of the flame. Very, very different. And then through that, I'm embodying the qualities of the pressure of that flame. And then what you do is you take that energy and you recreate it within yourself and you could regulate your body temperature. And if you want to go mm -hmm. even farther, you can mm -hmm. take it into your dream world and you can manifest the flames in your dream world. If you're lucid dreaming and you're practicing energy work in your lucid dream space, you can manifest enormous fire and learn that element. And also the fire element, uh, the solar plexus chakra, the manipura, when you have that fire energy, you also can recognize like when you're angry or when you're passionate and you have your own internal fire and how that resonates with the pressure of the flame. And it's like, are you using your fire to burn other people? Are you burning yourself with your own fire or are you using your fire to create and to shape? So yeah, I'd absolutely. Yeah. Fire actually represents attachment. So what are we currently holding on to in our lives that is not serving us and we can let go of, right? Yeah. So in tangible terms of what you're describing is you're literally weaving your external reality with your internal reality, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's, we're able to interact on a really deep level through the energy body and actually start to, right, use those elements as medicine. And that goes so, so, so deep when we start to work with the energy body first. Yeah. You start to come more into that balance Absolutely. And, and for me, I'm sure for you, like once you um, become an energetic being or, or a person that's aware of your energetic state and you start to practice in these realms, you are different. You're a different person. You have a different world. The world is different mm -hmm. to you and it's all better. It's for better. It's not like it's different. Like, oh, this is like scary. It's like, no, this is like the world that we've li been living in that's been hidden from us. And by having this conscious awareness and just this reshaping of our subconscious and our conscious mind interacting we have a better quality of life, truly a better quality of life. And things like pleasure that are so baseline in our experience can become elevated into the divine experience of what pleasure was intended to be, which was to bring you closer to the God within as an expression of all the love that we're surrounded by. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Our pleasure is also reclamation. It is reclamation of this is me in a world that has forgotten how to love in a world that has shifted to more of a patriarchal view right it's reclaiming that it all matters it all matters and the more creative we can be the better the outcome to be honest for sure we're creators by nature so whenever we're creating we're more happy and we're more fulfilled and I don't care who's listening or who hears that. Like if you, you will feel better when you create things. It's very simple. It's your divine nature. And it's the closest thing to your aspect of source in the way that you were created in the image of the creator as a creator. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we're not just doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for the benefit of all beings. It Absolutely. spreads outward. 
it spreads outward to the relationships around you, to what you're bringing in and beyond, to the things that you're not consciously aware of. It's expanding. It's, it's having an effect on your children's lives and, and their children's lives 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm honored to to hear that that's your experience of it because it's just so nice to be in this world where people like you and I aren't everywhere, but we can be <laughs> and uh, we're out there. And it's just, it's just so nice because like, it's like a level playing field almost where it's like people that are on the path and genuinely having these experiences, there's like a sentiment that's shared across the board. And that's what I've learned from interviewing many different spiritualists at this point. Like there is this beautiful commonality of service and and evolution into spirit it goes hand in hand where it's like when you receive these gifts and they escalate your own ability to perceive your reality and you have these wonderful peak experiences one of the things that you want to do is share them with the world so that other people can have them not just like tell your story but this is how i got there this is what you can have in your experience like it's not all gray skies and it's this beautiful kaleidoscope of pleasurable experience surrounding you. And it's not all just sexual, but if you can't get past that one sexual thing, that one root chakra need of stability, you're never going to get to those higher levels. And I see that in society now. We're very root chakra, first two chakras, maybe three chakras in our main focus in our, in our world and coming into the heart center you know, bridging the higher and the lower chakras in the heart center and, and being grounded in this world as a physical being, also having the love of God in all beings around you, and also having the intuition and the mind to expand within all aspects of your experience. Now we're talking. Yeah, discernment is 100% is so, so important when you start to come into that space. And one thing I just want to mention is that it's not something that's outside of us. It's not something we have to devote even hours and hours and hours to. It is right. something that we can live tangibly. <laughs> so yeah. you can have kids, you can have a busy life, you can have a partner, multiple partners, and still be able to use our sexuality as that spiritual path and for healing holistically. Yeah. Now, how would you give advice to people that need to reignite their sexual prowess and expression in themselves? And I don't mean like people like, how do I get laid more? I mean, like for those people that like don't feel sexy, you know what I mean? Like they never feel sexy. Maybe they have a million reasons in their body why they think that their, their face isn't pretty enough or their body's not perfect enough. Like how do you reignite that sexuality uh, from your perspective as an expert in the field? Mm. Well, again, what comes to me is looking at what's underneath, what's the thought patterns, the beliefs underneath. It's like every, a lot of these questions, it's like we can just pull back the layers of the subconscious and get right to that root straight away. Because yeah. a lot for it, the way that trauma really works in the body is that we can do all of the right things. We can do all of the practices. We can really want to so badly dive into igniting our sexual aliveness and something just is in the way. Again, our subconscious is playing a huge role in that. Our subconscious is this memory bank that is storing all of our memories that we may or may not be consciously aware of. 
And that is creating over 95% of our reality. So when we start to think about that in such large terms, it just, again, reignites the importance of going not only into the body, but into the structures and belief patterns. And it doesn't always have to be difficult, painful, and long. It can be quite pleasurable, right? And instant. So that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I agree. And, you know, I have like my own thoughts and my own teachings and like my own offerings to people in this regard. I just love to hear the opinion and and experience of somebody who's doing this specific work all the time. And and just to like support what it is that you're saying when it comes to subconscious. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely about taking layers of thought and projection that you've projected onto your own vessel and onto other people's vessels and eliminating judgment. One of the things we have to do is we have to not judge ourselves at any capacity. In my meditation class, I teach people that a flower doesn't judge itself. A mountain never knows its own strength. The wind doesn't feel its own power. The water doesn't know its own reflection. So why do you judge yourself so heavily when you are merely another aspect of creation as equal as the mountains, as equal as the wind and the rain? as equal as every other creation that we experience. We don't judge rocks based on their shape. We don't judge flowers. We don't judge clouds. And you're a flower and your only job is to blossom. The only difference is that your roots aren't stuck in the ground, but you still need the sun and you still need water and you're still beautiful and colorful and unique. And there's only one like you. So anyone out there, remember that, that you were made perfectly unique, so special. And the shape of your nose and the shape of your smile and shape of your body, every little part of you, you should celebrate because it's just you. And the other part of that is you get to shape aspects of you. By changing in your heart and changing in your mind, your body just naturally changes. Like like you said, Ava, about your DNA changing. Absolutely. It changes the shape of your mind, the shape of your body, the tone of your voice. Everything changes when you express into your own potential. And I'm fascinated with our ability to evolve as beings. I know that we haven't gotten anywhere close to the limit of evolution and consciousness is the next step of human evolution. And we have, once we conquer, I shouldn't use conquer, but once we develop a pure relationship with our sexuality as individuals, that will assimilate into the culture and we'll be able to get to new levels of experience in the sexual world, but also far, far beyond that. So. How do you think that people in their own lives can can find more pleasure in their experience? I think that that's going to be really similar to probably what I mentioned before is taking the pleasure that we're currently experiencing and letting that be okay and then building from that space, right? So for a lot of people, it's like, well, I want to, I want to get to this space where I'm experiencing, you know, my God self, my Buddha nature, whatever that is for you. But again, it's like, where the heck do I, where do I begin? Right. So it's the most potent thing I can say is to start to just notice the pleasure that you're currently experiencing and let that be enough for the time being And then you can start to layer on top, right? You can start to peel back the layers. Yeah. So what you're saying is basically when you're experiencing any sort of pleasure, feel into it. Give yourself to the experience of it. Don't resist it. Don't judge it. Don't bypass it. 
Just take it for what it is. Don't need it to be more. Don't evaluate it. Just engage into it. Let it envelop you. And then through that practice, you'll get more use to that. You're building neural pathways and also uh, subconscious pathways to diving into pleasure. So you have more of a, like a taste for it or like you've opened up the channels for it to enter your system deeper. And I would say the same thing about love. I think that yeah, when you feel any bit of love, just dive into it, just feel it, let it envelop you, let it penetrate you deep to your core and don't be afraid of it. And don't think it has to have a purpose or a reason or or anything or objective. It's just love. and, And you're just in the experience of it. So what are some of the things that some practices, do you have any meditations that you know, or that you've been taught to bring people into a state of awareness or what kind of techniques do you have that you can share with people that, that you've learned? Yeah. So through authentic Tantra, I work with the Tibetan five elements. So there are specific meditations correlating to each one of those elements. You could spend weeks or months just working with one element alone because there's so much there, right? Um, So that's one of the major pieces of my mentorship programs is really diving into the Tibetan five elements. And then once we learn the meditation practices, you actually get to experience or learn how to use them sexually. So now we're starting to move from the bottom up right? So starting at the fire where it encompasses our genitals, it encompasses pleasure and encompasses passion and letting that move through the central channel essentially. So those are some deeper practices that those um, people that join my six month container can start to experience how to use them sexually and then invite their partner if they have a partner into that space from there. Right on. So the the meditation elements or meditation with the elements, moving them through their body, increasing their experience. Now, has this helped you? I'm sure. How has it helped you in your own personal relationships, having this amount of wisdom and experience? Do you find that you're able to implement it without talking about it? Or do you feel like it's more beneficial for you to bring um, your partner or partners up to speed so that you can share in a mutual experience. And I ask that because as a person on this path, I find that the more that both people are, are in a harmony of consciousness, the more powerful of the experience, especially sexual experiences can be. If both people are existing within their energy bodies and existing in consciousness and have a deep well of love within them that is exuding and experiencing, we're just having cosmic sex now. It's not even like physical sex anymore. So how, what is your experience with that or what's your opinion? That's so wonderful. My answer is both. Essentially starting with yourself, learning how to harness your own energy, moving through all of, or not all of, but some of the gunk, right? Some of the major gunk <laughs> through your own pleasure practice is so, so important. Self-pleasure in relationship is essential. It is essential for your own self-sovereignty, for your own self-care, your own self-love. So saying that, harnessing, right, and being able to control your own energy and then inviting your partner into it, right? We can invite our partner into it with open arms. 
And, you know, another thing is you can use these practices without your partner necessarily. I mean, you can obviously ask for permission because the practices themselves can be incredibly intense, but you can be running the elements, for example, or using one of the elements during a sexual play practice with your partner without them having to know what you're doing. And it will enhance both of your experiences. So I've done it both ways. I've done it both ways where sometimes I'll ask my partner to start to, because he's already familiar with the element system, to channel one of the elements because something is arising for me. That's just an example. But other times I just do it on my own and it's like, whoa, bam, like what is happening, right? So being able to have that visualization happening, which is, again, it's easier in my opinion and more beneficial to first learn on your own and then take that into a sexual practice with the partner is extremely beneficial. It's so, so beautiful. I'm having the best sex of my life. That's really how I can uh, point blank put it. Extreme amount of pleasure, fulfillment, um, connecting into this, this, God nature with myself, my partner and and beyond, right? There's no longer that distinction of this is you and this is me. It's like, no, this is, this is us and, and far beyond that. Yeah. I love that you said that. What do you think, what, like when you say that, um, getting closer to the God within you and how do we use this sexual energy to become closer to our divine nature? I think that's something that just arises on its own through time and through your own practice, through your own experience. That's all I can really say to that. And there's no one direction. It's solely using the practices and techniques that feel good to you, that are pleasurable to you, that light you up, that turn you on. And then from that space, like it just starts to happen on its own. Yeah. And I always say that, like, you know, the way that for me, in my experience, the way that I use any experience, but, you know, we're talking about sexuality, sexual experiences, we get these like really beautiful peak biological experiences when we're orgasming or when we're pleasuring someone else or beyond that, when you're feeling into the auric field and that shared love that's like culminating in this like new frequency because it's like your love and their love. And then like now there's this new love, which is like both of the love, both of the energy. And what I find is that recognizing that this was another gift for us that was given to us by God, by source, by the creator. And this is another gift that we've unlocked within ourselves to have raised to the ability to experience. So it's like, just in the same way, if you've ever seen like a sunset and you've never seen the sunset that way before and it was expansive to you and now that you've had that experience, you feel more connected to all the elements of nature and sexuality. It's the same thing. Like now that you've experienced this fullness and this, this harmony within yourself, it's taking that harmony that you gained from the sexual experience and grounding that into what you are and carrying that with you back into your life. So it's like you don't have to be necessarily like in coitus, like having sex to be having like a sexual love fullness experience when you walk down the street. And that yeah, doesn't necessarily mean- Yeah, I'm glad you made that yeah. distinction. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you made that distinction. And, you know, in, in Tibetan Tantric Buddhism, we say this, that every glimpse 
for every orgasm is a glimpse of enlightenment. Beautiful. So, and that's a thing that is maybe tricky to understand for a lot of us because we need to change what our relationship to orgasm is. Orgasm is any peak moment of pleasure. It does, it, but we, we, we boil it down to just being an ejaculatory orgasm or a clitoral orgasm, right? When in reality, lingam owners or people with penises can experience over 10 different kinds of orgasm. Women or, or people who have yonis can experience over 15. So, and some of these, you know, are without penetration. You can have energy orgasms too. So just having that flavor that to start to really shift our, our perspective of what orgasm actually mm-hmm. is, is incredibly huge. Did you just refer to the penis holders as lingam owners, like Shiva lingam? Is that where that comes from? Yeah, lingam is just another term for yeah, penis. That's awesome. I've I've never been exposed to that in all my teachings, and <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I know that the lingam yeah. is is like the masculine divine energy in this in the crystal and and whatnot. But cool, the lingam owners out there, pay attention. Got to get control of your phalluses. I like to use those terms instead of men or women because it can be a little bit more inclusive. Yeah, I like it. And that's what we want. We want to have an experience of unity in our spiritual reality because that is the path of love, is is the understanding of unity, that we're all in this together and that each one of our shapes and forms are beautiful divine expressions of creation. And we have to celebrate ourselves and celebrate everyone else, especially those that are different from us because that is an aspect of reality you could have never had within yourself. So you should appreciate it like it's a piece of art that you're getting the glimpse on. Absolutely. Changing our speech, changing our speech to the words that we're using surrounding our sexuality is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest benefit in like your everyday life of taking on tantric practices and and taking on like the spiritual path? Like, what do you think the hugest benefits to just the regular life on the other side do you get from this, this practice? I think that the techniques and tools are transformational on all levels of the body, speech, and mind. Um, From the way that we view the world to the way that we experience pleasure to the relationships we have to how we're able to move through painful experiences, right? Oh, there's just so, so much there. It's so transformative on just so many different levels. And that's really, really what puts authentic Tantra kind of apart from some of these neo-based Tantra ways is that it's holistic. It's, it's a means for us to holistically heal on all levels, not just sexually. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's all connected, right? Like it's all connected top to bottom, in and out, above, below. What we're experiencing within ourselves is what we're projecting into the world. And whether you recognize it or not, what you're projecting into the world matters so greatly because each one of us is like a beacon of light or a beacon, beacon of frequency. And all everybody else is resonating with our frequency or not resonating. And that's what our experience of humankind is, is what we're resonating with. And can we love things that we don't see ourselves in? Because it's very easy to love our own reflection in another person. It's easy to love somebody who likes the same music, has the same ideas, same political alignments and yada, yada. But can you have that same love, which is 
indeterminate of what that person believes. And you just love them because you are love and your love is truly unconditional. And I find that when it comes to any sexual experience, like the more open you are of yourself, the deeper that that experience can come for play on, you know, pun there for deeper, but you know, it is really like that. Like the deeper that you are within yourself, the deeper the expression can be. And the deeper that relationship and connection in that moment can, can be. And also the transformation is even bigger than two because you've opened yourself up to new levels of vulnerability and you've been received and accepted by a person who's meeting you at that level. And that is empowering and it's transformative and absolutely beautiful. And I'm super honored uh, to have you on to talk about this sort of stuff. You should write a book because uh, <laughs> your, your experience is, is extremely valuable. And I've, I haven't really talked to anybody who's taken on like the Buddhist tantras path with such dedication. So what do you think are some of the best things that we can apply into our life from what you've learned? Just like little things that people can do while they're living their daily life. So, yeah, some ways that some ways that you can start to just incorporate incorporate more pleasure in in your daily life is just finding the the techniques or the avenues for you to start to be more aware of what's happening in your body when certain things occur, right? If you're about to enter a sexual experience, what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind in the thought patterns, right? What mm. are the beliefs there? Right. Because again, our minds can be somewhere totally different than what our bodies are truly wanting and vice versa. So, you know, and that's where a lot of sexual dysfunction stems from is the inability to be present and connected with the partner or whatever sexual experience that we're having. And I think that's really common for, for most of us. Like we've all been in a sexual experience before and we start thinking about, oh my God, I didn't do the dishes or I have a thing of laundry I need to fold, right? Being able to come back is literally retraining your brain. And when we start to retrain the brain, we retrain the nervous system. When we retrain the nervous system, our DNA starts to also starts to interact with that change, right? So there's these components, no matter where you start, you're going to move into the, into the same place. You're going to start to experience more pleasure. You're going to start to connect with the wisdom of your body because you are wired for it. Yeah. You are literally wired for it. Yeah. You totally are. So in your opinion, why does uh, sexuality and spirituality belong in the same conversation? Yeah, I notice a lot, even in the spiritual community now, that there's not a discussion about, I mean, we'll talk about chakras, right? But in terms of true sexuality, right, there's not that conversation happening. There still seems to be a taboo type of energetic surrounding, combining our sexuality and spirituality. And some of this actually stems from patriarchal thoughts of, you know, a lot of the, the beliefs that we have, even in the yoga community can be manipulated through time, um, through religious institution, you know, and it's the same for Tibetan Buddhism. There's certain there's certain um, lineages of Tibetan Buddhism that totally cut out the central channel at the genitals altogether. It actually ends at the navel. 
right? Mm. So we need to ask ourselves, when does it become a documented trauma response that we are learning, right? Yeah. The practice that we're learning, is this a documented trauma response that I'm, that I'm learning? Like, what's the big deal, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I really emphasize if you're someone who loves to practice yoga, like incorporate the pelvic floor on, in some way, right? We actually have a diaphragm in our pelvic floor that nobody seems to talk about. Right. Yeah. So these, there's these small ways that the repression of our sexuality has entered into the mainstream spirituality that we're seeing right now. Yeah. You know what the best part about all this is, is that nothing matters what's happening in the mainstream because all that matters is what you're doing in your own experience. And I, from talking to a lot of people and from my own experience, I, I'm 100% confident when I say that it doesn't matter what anybody else believes. It doesn't affect what you can achieve. And if you have these disciplines in yourself to pursue spirituality through whatever avenue that you're naturally predisposed to, you are going to have beautiful peak experiences that come with a wave of loving bliss through you and physical pleasure and enlightenment. And those moments are fleeting. So we have to engage in them and seek them and be disciplined enough to have them. And I think that it's awesome uh, to have somebody like you who's so focused on this one part of it that really does need a lot of healing. And it does need a nurturing maternal energy toward it because you know, the patriarchy, as much as I, I like, I hate, not, I don't want to say I hate it, but like I'm against it, you know, and I want there to be like a, a balance. A lot of the men that are in charge, so to speak, have a lot of wounds and they're not healing through their wounds. And like anybody out there who's, you know, carrying pain within them, like has to do the work or else you're going to wound other people within your own suffering. And I'm sure that, that happens on, on the sexual side as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I firmly believe that we cannot be fully human without being sexually sovereign, without exploring our sexuality. Um, There there seems to be this jump from what we're experiencing in our spirituality, right? We seem to jump from one thing to, I'm going to go up here and now experiencing my God self without actually coming into the the fundamental the foundational level of who we are which is sex right we came into this world through orgasm right so that's exactly it. yeah so that's <laughs> in it, that's just on such a basic level that is who we are on a foundational level i do not believe that you know in, in my opinion in my experience that we can we can reach these higher states of um, consciousness, I guess you would say, without fully being enveloped in our sexual experience with yeah. awareness and with love, right? right? There's a difference between right being enveloped in our sexual experience and having being you know a slave to sex, it. right? Have, yeah, being like I'm gonna I'm gonna go and have sex with all these different people because I want to numb out or because I want to disassociate from really what's going on in my trauma response, right? That's a little bit different, but yeah, when we start to come into that space of love and awareness and compassion for who we are on a sexual level, I really believe that's where we can start to encompass both. Yeah, and it's about integration, right? Like it's not about like it becoming an absolute, it's about integration. Like you have to integrate your own sexual prowess, your own sexual desire, your own sexual experience of yourself and the world 
so that you can get past it, right? Like to me, it's like sex isn't the end all be all. But if you don't have that one thing figured out in yourself, you're going to keep coming back to it. It's going to keep being something that you need to address and need to figure out whether it's like you're not getting enough or the type that you want or with the people that you want or of yourself, like whatever it is. If you don't address those things within your spiritual practice, it's going to be something that because it's so fundamental part of our biology and a part of spirit, the coming together in spirit, you know, it's like if you don't have that, if you have not addressed that, it's you're going to have to keep coming back to it. So for me, it's like sex is one of the foundations that we need to come to harmony within ourselves with and come to peace with and and, and just be our sexy ass selves and exude <laughs> that that party animal um, in, in that God wanted you to be and make all the love that you want and be all the love that you want. And it's not always about getting an erection or penetrating somebody or having sex. Like sometimes it's about just being sexy and confident and beautiful and loving in a space where that energy is contagious and everybody gets to feel that way. And in doing so, we're raising the frequency of that interaction. And like we said before, like you don't have to be in bed with somebody to be having a sexual experience. You can be experiencing like the draw of sexuality and the power of it within yourself while you're walking down the street, just feeling it in the same way that you can feel your love or feel your power, feel your truth or feel your, your wisdom. It's all there. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, you made a really great point. It's, it's, it's about taking responsibility for your own pleasure or your pleasure is your responsibility, right? Yeah. I get it. it, Yeah. Um, so putting that pressure, for example, on our partners or, who we're going to have sex next with, you know, in order to be fulfilled, it's never going to happen, right? It's never going to happen. So really taking responsibility for your own pleasure. That is super, super huge. I'm inspired. I'm about to take more responsibility for my own pleasure from here (laughs) on out. (laughs) You know, because it is a thing. Like we do put it on our partners a little bit. Like we expect our partners to participate at the level that we desire something. Um, And it's like, it puts contention in relationships if you're not getting the, the type of sex that you want or enough of it or what have you. But it's just like, it's, I wouldn't say it's a slippery slope, but it's just one of those things where it's like, we have such a connection to it and such a limited understanding of it. And our only way to understand more of it is to be in it. And the only way to be in it is to find people that are compatible with you to do it with, um, unless you're doing the work, you know, within yourself, which is always there for you as well. Yeah. And I just want to mention that it's, it's always not just about energetics too, because there's the components of going all the way back to sex ed, right? I guarantee none of us have been taught a proper sex ed class where we know where all the different parts are of the clitoris, where we know our internal erectile tissue for lingam and yoni owners. And just knowing our basic anatomy, huge. That's one huge... Well, it's one big reason why we're not accessing our fullest pleasure capacity too, is the lack of knowledge, the lack of resources that we have. There's, there's, I think that it wasn't until like 2000 and something until the entire clitoral complex was actually mapped out so that we can actually see it depicted on a screen or on a piece of paper, like drawn out for us. So just thinking about that, it's a little bit sad of like, wow, it's taken us this long to even understand our own anatomy. Um, so yeah. that's really, that's a big component of what I also teach. That's awesome. And if it makes you feel any better, science hasn't figured out anything yet. 
they're always discovering more. And that's why the spiritual path is so beautiful because you get to be a pioneer of exploration and evolution in every way. And in any way that you're drawn to, and you get to be the cutting edge of evolution in that, that point or period. And then you get to share that with the world and that gives you validation and that gives you, you know, a service and, and something worthwhile. Yes. So thank you for all of your service, Ava, and, and everything. And anybody who wants to uh, to check out her work or, or work with Ava, you can visit her website at uh, www.flamewithintantra.com. And the best way to contact Ava is on Instagram at ava.ashe, ashe, ashe, right? Ava.ashe. Yes. Sorry for that. It's A-V-A period A-S-H-E. You can get more information uh, from her journey from her Instagram. And I want to tell you guys that her Instagram is loaded with material. She's always posting. So make sure you shoot her a follow at ava.ashe and uh, you know show some support. And if you guys need any uh, mentorship in your couple's lives or in your single life and you want more information, uh, make sure you go see Ava because she is a wealth of information and delightfully polite and, and awesome to talk to and, and a great resource. So Thank you, Ava, for, for joining us today. And, uh, you know, in, in practice of Monk on the Mountain podcast, if you had the whole world listening and you just wanted to give a piece of advice or something to everyone in the world to make their life better, what would you say to them? Mm-hmm. To take pleasure into your own hands. And to experience it to the fullest of your capacity. Uh, That's enough, you know, because if everybody took those little glimpses of enlightenment in the form of pleasure and truly dove into them and basked into the infinite amount of information and support that each glimpse of pleasure is giving us, then they would find their way home rapidly. So take your pleasure in your own hands, ladies and gentlemen. Take your love into your own hands. Take your mind into your own hands. Take your life into your own hands. You deserve it. It's your birthright. You were given so much and nothing can be taken from you. Thank you, Ava, for joining on this episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. To every listener, I love you. Whether I've ever met you or not, I want you to know that I can feel the energy of love and when I think about you, it grows. So thank you. Blessings to you on your journey. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Love. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ava. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. If you or anyone you know would like to share your spiritual experiences on our show, you can send us an email at themonkonthemountain at gmail.com. If you'd like to inquire about spiritual training sessions or see more of our work, you can visit oneworldpeace.online And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow Sean Energy at one underscore world underscore peace. Love and blessings.